Hi, folks. Welcome to the Gospel of Kennison, episode 191, brought to you the week of September 27th, 2023. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. Welcome to my audio journal. I am happy, generally happy, with my life. Last week, I know things were bad, and... I was worried about a downward spiral and I still kind of am, but most of the podcast dour tones had to do with a lack of sleep. Sleep has been the hardest thing to get lately. Last night though, I happened to sleep fairly well. You know, I've got a little bit of energy, so I'm going to use it to do this show. I'm just going to say this, that things are not great overall. Showering is becoming a chore. Podcasting seems like it's going to be a chore. Having to put show notes together seems like a chore. So I'm definitely not where I was. I don't know where I'll be. I'm not happy. I'm not happy about that. I... My psychiatrist tells me to put all these thoughts and hold them captive and all that. But I'm trying to get across to her that the feelings don't come from the thoughts. The thoughts come from the feelings and you can fight thoughts. But what about when they're constantly pouring through your mind as a stream, a constant stream of doubts and fears and hopelessness family updates jen's doing great she's working with this guy at work that's the bane of her existence she has been addressing his problems uh instead of what would be easy you know is just to ignore him i don't know Uh, let me just update you she has a guy she just hired and He's a technology guy. He likes to write scripts for everything. And so he he wants to do that instead of his job. And I don't know all the ins and outs of her job. I don't want to get into the details of the job, but I'll just tell you a little bit about this guy. All right, so they hired him. And at the time, there was a loose policy on hybrid working, meaning you, know, you can work from home a little bit. But then the CEO said, no, we're not going to do that. Everybody's going to come in and they're going to work all the time in the office. And he went to HR and demanded $10,000 a year because of that change. He pretty much got laughed out of the building. So, or out, out of the office. And then more recently, he hasn't been doing his work. He's been working in other departments, helping them with stuff And during his first review with my wife, after her telling him he's not doing his job, he says, yeah, but I've been helping other departments and I think I need a title update. And he had some title he had made up that included the fact that he had been working in these other departments, which he technically wasn't supposed to be doing. So there's that. Thirdly, whenever he could, he would try to go over her head to her boss and thankfully she has an amazing boss because he would tell him go talk to jennifer 
So having her back and supporting her is a great thing. <laughs> it makes for a great boss. I've been in a situation where I've had supportive bosses and ones where I haven't. And it's downright impossible to have any authority or any say when the boss isn't supportive. So he was forced to go back to her. She has communicated with me about the frustrations and has decided, like I said, to face him and keep sending him because he's hands in work. That's not right. And the easy thing would be would just to be fixing it and sending it on. And her theory is that's what, I mean, cause he has history. He has a work history in this area. She's afraid that he has sent in work. Other people have just fixed it rather than face him. And he's always thought he's done a good job. So he's sending in this crap work. She is sending him notes on everything he needs to fix, which takes a long time. It takes almost as long as fixing it yourself, which is why she thinks other people have just done that for him. She's been back and forth with him three times on this one project, and he hardly changes anything and sends it back as if it's done. So she's been facing this and dealing with this, and I'm super proud of her because so many folks would just pass it on or smooth it over. Now, she has said to give her, because there's something going on department-wide that's like a big project, a big deal, and they have to get it wrapped up here pretty soon. She has put him on the side burner and started giving him work that she feels like he can do, trying to limit the amount of back and forth a little bit she wants to fire him okay that's the plan but to do that she has to set him up with work that he then doesn't do correctly you know what i'm saying the phrase give him just enough rope to hang himself is kind of the thing so if she completely ignores him she can't get rid of him so she has to face him she has to give him the feedback he has to keep failing and before you get too much on his side, if I haven't convinced you of his scumminess, he's completely unteachable. He doesn't see my wife as any kind of leader or authority figure. So he probably just has problems with women in the workplace in the first place. So he's been handheld his whole career, never told he was doing anything wrong. I don't know. I'm definitely on my wife's side and I'm, I'm proud of her for standing up to him. Because he has been trying to act like he doesn't work for her for a while. And I don't understand that. His whole job was she hired him. You know what I'm saying? He knew what he was getting into before he started. And if he had issues with women, you know, he should have just walked out. I don't, I don't understand. But anyway, Jenna is doing good in school. She had been struggling. She had been working really hard but only getting mediocre grades and was very upset with herself, very upset. But I think it's just part of the learning curve of finding out how much work you actually have to put in. It seems like she's worked it out. It looks like there'll be A's and B's instead of C's this time around. So that's really good. And she's always been that way to where she works as hard as you know she can but then when that's not enough, she can find it in herself to just pull out more. And that's, that's what her mom does. Jen works and she's smart and all, but she works really, really hard. And she works harder than a lot of smart people. 
And so she gets a lot more done than a lot of smart people. Jen's smart, again, but you see what I'm saying. Jay is uh, driving me everywhere, and I can't say I mind it, especially the last couple mornings going to school. I get to chill and rest, <laughs> kind of wake up slowly as he drives to school, and then I have to drive back. I was upset with him this morning, though, because on, on Fridays, he goes in late. And it's a late start. I don't know what their deal is, but he usually goes to breakfast with some friend of his and they didn't do it today. And so he needed a ride. And my wife wakes me up all gingerly and carefully because I'm easily startled, as I've said on the show before, very easily startled, especially when I'm dead asleep. She wakes me up gently, says James needs a ride or Jay needs a ride. And I'm like, he's a liar. <laughs> dead coming so anyway uh so that's a family update not as interactive and as fancy as last week so that was that was pretty cool how everything worked out then improv class i uh i i struggled hard this week to go i really did i i think i mentioned last week how stupid i've been feeling and that's a unique and new experience for me because depression has always it's always made me feel like a loser and, and it would keep me from podcasting. Right. But it never made me feel stupid about it. And so this is a new thing for me to where I feel stupid about everything that I do. I feel like my podcasting stupid. I feel like my YouTube shorts are stupid. I feel like improv is really, really stupid. And that's, that is a unique tactic now that depression is using against me. And it's, it's, it's not been successful yet, but man, it's hard. It's hard because, okay. So depression used to have to get to be a certain level before I would stop podcasting, but stupidity, even just a little bit makes it hard to podcast or do anything. Oh, I don't know what it is. I don't know where this is coming from. It is terrible. Feeling stupid. Just feeling stupid. Oh my gosh. But anyway, I struggled hard. Feeling stupid. I went to class anyway. I did the class and everything seemed fine. Everything was great. You know, whatever. But there, there's one last class that's going to be in two more weeks. It's just a weird schedule, you know, because of uh, some sort of leadership training that the coach has to do and I'm going to go and I'll finish out the class, but I'm honestly not sure that I will continue to the next class. So I don't know, you know, I, I mean, I've thought about it and I just don't think that I feel, okay. I feel stupid about my dream. now my dream would be to do some stand up, you know, just for fun, not not as a a job. I don't expect ever to be famous or anything, but I just think it would be fun to give it a shot. But I only feel that way after I've interviewed a comedian on the show. So I feel like I could do what they do. But then when I'm off the show and when I'm by myself, I just feel stupid. And I feel like it's a stupid idea, like a really, really stupid idea. And that improv is a stupid idea. So 
you know, it, it may be. I still feel like I'm going to take a lot away from improv training, you know, even though it was level zero, not level one or whatever. It was an entry level course. You know, you learn in your comedy to say yes and instead of no. And I know I've done that with John in the past where he'll say something and I'll say no, but blah, 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 blah. And it's more fun and more funny and more generous to the other person that you're playing with to say yes. And, and I hope if you go through the last two episodes, you'll notice that I'm doing more of that with a purpose is instead of trying to dominate the show, which I didn't do on purpose. I just was doing it and trying to be more generous and share the spotlight. I think it has to do with my personality. The fact that I'm a firstborn on and on and on. And probably cause I'm a little bit of a jerk. I don't mean to be, but you know, that's, that's jerky behavior, but I'm trying to be more, more generous with my, my hosts, both James and John. So, you know, giving them more chance to speak. I'm editing the show now. So if, if it lags and that is one of the problems with it is the discord server and any, any voice over IP server has lag. Even your phone, your cell phone has lag. If you've ever walked up on a spouse in a grocery store and you can hear your own voice through their phone and it's it's got a delay well the delay is just a little bit more and it's just enough to where if you're trying not to edit your show and you're trying to keep the thing moving you could start talking and the other person doesn't hear you until after they've started talking but then it comes in on your end like they started talking after you started the next segment and so it comes off as rude and stuff like that so part of it is me being a jerk so part of it's not being generous and part of it is the nature of the beast with the technology. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to let there be lag and then I can edit it out, you know, later on after the episode is over. So it's still live to hard drive. They'll just be me pausing more and then moving on to the next segment when it's logical. And when we've, we've said everything we need to say. So there we go. But improv class. Yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to get your feedback. Do you think I should continue with it? I still haven't performed in front of an audience. And that's really what I wanted out of improv is being able to perform and get a feel for being funny in front of an audience and then having the support of other people and then hearing the laughter. If I get laughs, then I would know. But you know what? Every time I mention improv to one of the comedians that I've interviewed, they're like, oh, oh, okay. And it's like they're saying, well, that's nice, but it's not the same thing as what we do. <laughs> Especially um, Lionel Harris really went into how he tried it, failed at it, it took him two years to get the guts to go back and try again. And man, I can relate to that. If, if I, if I didn't do good, <laughs> which I probably won't the first time who does, you know, do right things the right for the first time. I don't know if I could handle it. 
So that's why I was wanting to ease in with the improv, you know? And and so anyway, I'd be I'd welcome your feedback. James at NLCast.com. James at NLCast.com. That would be great. Health and wellness. I started stretching now after my 30-minute walks. I have not added five minutes to the 30 minutes yet because I think 30 minutes is a good spot for me for a while. My ligaments and my feet have started to stretch and they hurt. And so I've even taken, I've always done at least five days a week, but I have taken breaks because of the, the tension in my ligaments in my feet. I don't want to hurt myself. And I told you for some reason between 25 and 30, there was a big crossover for me. So I have started stretching now, I probably need to be stretching my feet as well, so maybe I'll look up some feet stretches. But it's an eight-minute stretch routine. It's for beginners. It's not exactly easy because the guy that's doing it is very skinny, and I have problems with anything that involves trying to pull my knees up to my chest kind of thing because I have this belly, right? So there's one of them in particular that's really hard to do. I can't even hold it. I have to... I can't breathe when I do it, actually. So I probably just need to replace it with something else, you know, something that's similar. Or I can keep trying and build up those muscles and the ability to breathe, but I still can't breathe. It's squishing my diaphragm, and um, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing! So I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess I just need input from my counselor in that area. So... uh her name's Jess. She's awesome. She's actually a listener and she reached out and offered to help and she has helped so much. She's part of the reason I'm drinking water, I'm eating vegetables. I'm, uh, you know, off soda. I'm exercising. I'm stretching. She sent me a video on stretching. So, you know, we, we meet together fairly regularly on discord or wherever we can, you know, get a signal that last week I had to put her on a phone call and uh, drive to pick up my son. She's been very helpful and very great. I just want to give her a shout out on the show because she's, she's awesome. She lives in Ireland. And so meeting together is tough for her. It's tough for her because it's late at night for her. So Jess, thanks for what you do. I appreciate you. Thank you for helping me out. I tell you, I, I've got three people three ladies that are pouring into my life right now one of them is my doctor one of them is my counselor and one of them is my nutritionist and i would say that my counselor has been the most help and then i would say jess has been number definitely number two and then my doctor has been number three and she's great my doctor's great i'm not dissing her just saying what I'm getting the most out of stuff now, because the sleep thing's not working. She gave me medicine for it, you know, it's, but what is working in my life is my counseling and my health. So I just wanted to put that out there. So what am I reading, watching and, and doing and stuff like that? I'm watching Hijack with Ed Idris Elba. I don't know. Look him up. He's just a super handsome buff black dude. <laughs> who you will recognize him when you see him, but it's on uh, Apple TV plus and it's got kind of a 24 feel to it. And so I like it and I've pretty much given up on silo. 
Uh, it just was too slow for me, and I just really stopped caring after I quit watching it. Oh, I'm watching the other black girl on Hulu, and it's kind of a mystery thriller kind of show where this one lady's the only black girl in her office, and then another black girl comes in, and she thinks she's going to be friends with this girl, but it seems like there's a little bit of hostility or some craftiness going on. Like, she can't really trust her, and yeah, I don't know. And there's some supernatural kind of stuff going on, some weird stuff she's seeing. I don't want to give anything away, but so far, it's holding my attention. It's it's no uh, Severance, which you should watch on Apple Plus TV, whatever. Uh, you should watch Severance. You, hello, hi. Yes, I'm speaking directly in your ear. You should watch Severance. I mentioned that I'm feeling stupid about stuff I'm doing. It's a new feeling i don't need to really elaborate it on on it any more than i have already it's just a new attack and i am not very clear on how i fight it i talked to my counselor about this and she of course went into how i can fight the feeling or the she says the feelings aren't the truth and I get that. And she says the thoughts can be captured and changed. And I, I kept trying to get across to her that I don't have problems with negative thoughts. I have problems with, with feelings. And again, I don't even know if that's the right word. But I literally told her, I said, she says, she told the whole spiel about, you know, changing the way you think and, and all this kind of stuff and how that will start. She used the analogy of a tree and roots and how um, if you want better fruit, you got to deal with the root and you can um, cut away at the, at the roots of a tree. And, and, and I don't know, it was a weird analogy, but anyway, I got, I got the point and she says, well, what do you feel about this? And what do you think about this? And I said, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I understand that, you know, I can fight. I'm a loser. I'm, I'm a stupid, you know, but what if it's constantly coming? Like I said, right now, while we're sitting here, I feel a pressure, a pain in my chest and out of it is coming a constant flow of you're a loser. You're stupid. And I can fight thoughts, but I can't fight the constant flow and that's what I would call a feeling, you know, like I feel stupid. I feel like a loser. I feel, you know, sad or whatever. And she said, oh, well, you probably need this other kind of therapy. And I cannot for the life of me remember what it was because I really wanted to look it up. And if I was a good host, I would have texted her and asked her what it was. And she would have sent it back to me by now. And I would look it up and I would have all this information for you. But you know what? We'll, we'll share that on the next episode. But it's something to do. It sounds very similar to a therapy that I have been under with a friend named Randy Burns. And he, he kind of just relaxes you and has you close your eyes. And he kind of talks to you about 
the first time that something happened that made you feel that way. Now that sounds a lot like hypnosis, doesn't it? But it's not. I, I would probably be very freaked out by the whole idea if I hadn't already sat with Randy because I was freaked out back then. And Randy's like, no, it's not, it's not hypnosis. Nobody's going to put you in a trance. You're going to be aware of everything that's happening. It's just a way to totally relax and let your brain uh, speak its mind kind of thing. And instead of you trying to figure things out to say and answering questions and stuff like that, it's just, it's just a way to try to unlock things that maybe you're not aware of. And so again, sounds like hypnosis. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, but it's not, it's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let somebody actually, you know what? I might, I might, I might let somebody hypnotize me <laughs> just because in the movies, it looks so cool, you know? And you wake up refreshed and, you know, there's this whole snapping thing. And, you know, unless you were talking about get out and in get out, you know, she hypnotized him with her teacup and made him stop smoking. But also, you know, anyway, the dark side of hypnotizing. But I, I believe that it's probably not a good idea to let somebody have control of your mind. So I, I'm going to take all that back. I just, the movies, you know, the movies make it sound cool. Actually, I would like to be the hypnotizer. How about that? That would be pretty awesome. But one thing we did get through in counseling this week is I told her about a conversation my wife and I had had about how when I, when I try to be positive about myself, and try to use the tools that she gives me. The nice things that I try to believe about myself feel like bubbles. They feel like wishes. They feel like feathers floating in the sky. Whereas the negative things that I don't even think about myself, they just exist, feel very rooted and grounded and supported and foundational even when I think of it in my mind, you know, I have the image of a bubble or a feather for the one side. On the other side, I have like a, like a bunch of wooden shacks, like at a fishing village lined up on a pier with these piers in the, in the water with this thick decking and uh, these buildings full of all the beliefs that I have and, and the struggles that I deal with are rooted and grounded and, and anchored and, trying to reach higher above those and trying to grab one of these ideas, these good ideas about myself to pull myself up from the, the depths feels about as good as grabbing a bubble would feel, you know, or, or it's as reliable as grabbing a feather would be to pull myself up out of the despair. And that's what I was really trying to get across to my counselor this week is everything that is bad about me feels so foundational and so supported and so realistic and all of the good things that they want me to think, including scriptural things, feel like bubbles, feel like feathers, feel like wishes. I'm reaching for them. I grab them because I want to pull myself up. But as soon as I do, it's, it's just air. You know, it's just wishes. So she said, let's take a second and say, what would you like to be? Because you say right now 
that you feel stupid, that you feel dumb, that, you know, there's a lot of negative feelings. Where would you like to be in yourself? You know, how, how would you like to refer to yourself? And I told her, I said, I don't even know. I don't even know because everything feels too stupid. You know, I, I don't want to be happy all the time. I think that's unrealistic. And I don't really want to say I want to be this super positive, wonderful guy that's just, you know, happy all the time. It just doesn't seem, you know, right. It doesn't seem within the realm of possibility. And she says, you know what? How about we just say that you want to be good enough? And immediately that resonated with me. Not in a settling kind of way, like, you know, good and that's good enough, you know. No, it means good. Like, I'm doing good. But it's good enough. Like, it's not great. It's not this unattainable or hard to maintain level of happiness. You know, it's not a stressful, you've got to feel good or you're losing it's just good enough. Like I'm good enough. I feel good enough. The stuff I'm doing is good enough. It seems to apply everywhere that I'm struggling right now. My podcast isn't the greatest, but it's good enough. My parenting and my husband, husband skills are not great, but they're good enough. My diet and exercise isn't great. There's more that I could be doing. I could be eating all vegetables. I could be running or using a bicycle. I could be working out two times a day instead of one time a day. But what I'm doing is good enough. It's better than what it was and it's good enough. And so that has been a weapon that I've been able to use and a new mindset that I've been able to place over me that kind of supersedes all of the negativity. Because I can own that. I can be that. I can be good enough. Because my wife wants to tell me I'm great. She wants to tell me that she loves me so much. And I I believe that. I don't believe that I'm great. Uh, She thinks I'm amazing. You know, and I love that. I just don't believe it. But I can believe that I'm good enough. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's a stepping stone in the right direction. Maybe, you know, a year from now, six months from now, five years from now, whatever. It won't be good enough to say I'm good enough, but I never want to be like, I'm great. You know, I see these guys on YouTube and TikTok, and they just think they are smacking. They think they are wonderful. They are so into themselves. Self-idolatry has become such an issue online and it's accepted and promoted because people seem to be so attracted to this. These people have millions upon millions of followers that just want to see them flex and show how rich they are or how conceited they are or how hot they are. I guess that's, it's just a whole different level than movie stars where movie stars are supposed to make you feel things and they give you things and they contribute to your life through their artistry and their acting. And then maybe off screen, they're kind of stuck on themselves. At least they work their way into your life. You know what I'm saying? They earned that place where you might care about what they drive and what they, who they're dating and all that. But influencers today, you know, just some hot person can get online and do whatever the freak they want 
and other people will just worship the ground they walked on and they've given nothing and given nothing man i got off on a bunny trail there didn't i but it, it just bugs me i'm online a lot and there are people that earn their spot and there are people that just are famous for being famous i don't know i don't know all i know is for me in my house james kennison is good enough he's good enough i can handle that you know and I've decided to stop, like I said, uh, I, I don't know if it was bonus content or what. I've decided to stop the self-hatred. So anyway, I am going to cut it off here. Uh, thank you so much. This show is brought to you by our patrons with special thanks to Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt, and Mike Jones. Get show perks, including a GOK sticker and weekly bonus audio content today at patreon.com slash GOK. You guys are my, are my, uh, you're my ultra supporters already. <laughs> so I feel bad even asking you to give on Patreon, but if you do and you can, I would appreciate it. But you guys are my my let me see. How many downloads do you guys give me? Let me see what your let me evaluate you. <laughs> no, I just want to see because all my other podcasts I evaluate myself. But when I look at you guys' stats, I'm like these are people who are supporting me. These are people who believe in me. At one point, it used to be 600, okay? And at another point, it used to be 400. It's looking like, let me find a good example, about 250, okay? So you're my core 250. That's what I'm going to start saying now. Uh, let me go back one more and see what five weeks looks like. 260. So... And uh, let me go back even further. 329 after six weeks. So I'm going to go ahead and say 250, though, just so I'm not being like an evangelist pumping up his numbers. You're my core 250. I love you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Email me if you want to. James at NLCast.com. Your emails are always welcome. Your stories are always welcome. They are hard to hear sometimes. I tell you, I got a doozy this week that just wrecked me for a few days and I had to respond to it. You guys have gone through some crap. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, man, stuff that makes my stuff look like, you know, cotton balls, but thank you for your belief in me and your support. And I love you guys. My faithful 250. We'll see you guys later. Bye.